0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of Alicia Shanice Reviews Podcast. I am your host Shanice and if you're tuning in today, I just want to thank you for coming in. I want to apologize off bat. I know I haven't been uploading as usual throughout the week. We were um, enjoying our little narcos reviews, weren't we? <laughs> um we will pick that up in about two weeks. Um, We finished season one. So we're going to start going from season two in two weeks. If you're one of my weekly listeners, you know that I have constantly been telling you guys that I am about to relocate and it is officially moving week. And it's one thing when you move from house to house in the same city, but I'm moving out of state. So I have. Everything, everywhere, and it's just a mess. <laughs> I have boxes all over the place, and I'm about to pull my hair out. I'm so stressed. But I have been talking about this special episode that I've wanted to do since we started the pod, and I said I am going to come on here and do it. Um, So, yes, I will definitely come on tomorrow, and we will do our season finale recap of Crew Summer. I cannot wait. Um, to see how that ends. And I will upload that tomorrow. And then we're going to put on hold for about two weeks. Um, If I can get on sooner, I surely will. But I just want to make sure I get situated and get unpacked and everything. And I'm also started some training classes for another thing I'm working on. So I'm in training classes. I'm packing. It's just everything is just all over the place. So I do apologize. Don't worry. Um, Just give me about two weeks. We're going to start doing our Narcos recaps every episode in season two. We're going to finish the Pablo up. And then after we finish Pablo and the Columbia cartel, um, we're going to skip over Cali. I already told you guys, I don't want to cover Cali cartel, but I'll brief it up at the end of season two. Then we're gonna move to Narcos Mexico, and then we'll move to Snowfall. I cannot wait to get into Snowfall. Um, Also, they just released the trailer for Power. So that's Raising Canaan. So I'm gonna get into that. That starts middle of July. So especially by our cruel summers, um, it's the season finale is tonight. So we're gonna start recapping weekly episodes of Power as well. But you all already know that. I told you I couldn't wait to break down the dark and the snowfalls, because they all kind of tie together. We'll get to that. Um. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna. I'm just sorry that I've been all you know not uploading or whatever. So like I said, it's just been everything, just all over the place, just a mess. So I hope you guys are doing good, and I do thank you for your support. Um. This episode means a lot to me. I wish I could have had more time. Uh. But I know so much off the bat. I'm just going to kind of, you know, just freestyle it. And I just want to do a tribute to Tupac, who is one of my favorite artists. So that's what this episode will be about. Um, I wanted to make sure I put it out on his birthday when I put it out. So that's why I'm like, you know, even though I have so much going on, like I'm about to sit my ass down because I've been talking about I'm going to do this for the longest. And, yeah, we're going to get into that. So. The, the Cruel Summer will be up tomorrow, then we're going to shut it down for about almost two weeks. Then when I get all unpacked and situated, we back to business, um, episodes, content going. And then, you know, I'm writing the novel as well. It's just so much right now. But, you know, hard work will pay off and um, I'm not giving up. You know, it's easy to just be like, you know what, I'll I'll do it next week. Um, i I'll, I'll finish it when I you know get calmed down. I'm not doing that because if I stop, I don't want to get off my grind. And this podcast, this platform is my passion. My book I'm writing that's my passion. So even though the episode might not come off as the best by you know everything is all over the place, I'm I'm still I'm trying to give it my all and. I'll probably come back and then recap it again when I have more time, if I didn't say stuff I wanted to say. So I'm not going to hold you guys too long. Just give me a little bit of time and let's get into the show. So this episode means a lot to me. Let me just tell you, really, I just want to do just a two minute brief history lesson. <laughs> I, um, If you're one of my weekly listeners, you know I told you that. This, this, this platform means so much to me because I wanted to start a YouTube channel back in 2015. But a little bit before that even, I wanted to start a YouTube channel that was just based off of Tupac content. I, I bullshit you not. I'm not lying. I wanted to do um, a platform that was just based off of Tupac content because I thought I was just the biggest Pac fan ever. But I'm not, right? Because you, you know you see. So we're coming from like the YouTube world, I always going from channel to channel, it is people who have literally built careers off of just talking about Tupac. And I'm not not lying. And, you know, the the earlier channels used to be just so raw and authentic because it was stories that you never heard from. It was stories from death row um, artists and not only artists, but it might be like the engineers, you know, just people who worked in the office areas and they would just come in, they would just tell them stories. Um, or uh, like Tupac family members. I remember Frank Alexander. He used to tell a lot of stuff as well. Um, a lot of thug life, you know, um, just to go off bat. To me, one of the, the first channels that I came across, and I'm going to give him his homage because um, I, I fucked with his platform heavy, and that was J Mix. Uh, I know a lot of drama end ended up going on with that. If you're in the YouTube world, you know what I'm talking about. If, you, if you're if you not in the YouTube world and don't really go, be off into that, it's going to sound like foreign language. But J Mix was a dope channel to me, and he gave a lot of raw content, and I, I thought he was a really a pop fan. Um, also, after um, J Mix, he had two channels. He had one that was called... It was the J Mix Tupac channel. Then I want to so say the other one was called like Death Row channel. And I mean, it has some of the dopest interviews. It just like from everybody who you wouldn't even expect to hear from. Another channel that used to be popping off of just Tupac content, where I learned a lot of stuff from as well as just being a fan, was the Tupac Forum channel. They did some of the most authentic raw interviews. like and, and it wasn't people coming out who just was trying to promote an album and they just telling stories. No, they told people, they told it was people who you never heard from and you heard the real deal from them. You heard the real deal about Suge, everything. So that was Tupac Forum channel. And there used to be a dude named Darius on there as well. He used to do some dope interviews. He did a lot, lot of them from like the original Thug Life members. Um, Then it was a bomb first. He did some dope interviews, too. And this was before Reggie Wright came. Um, also, he uh, did one with, like, Papa G. Uh, he told a real good story about um, O.J. Simpson daughter, Carnell. So, like, that's where I used to find out all the stuff about that. Um, so, like I say, people have made careers off just talking about Tupac content. I'm not lying. And um, another one is... Uh, The one who's doing his thing now, and I'm not talking about Vlad TV as much as he likes to gloat and talk about how he's done the most Tupac interviews ever, how he's even interviewed the first responder. It's like, shut up. You know what I'm saying? First of all, it was a lot of the smaller content channels that that's all they covered. They made their channels dedicated to Tupac Shakur. So it's kind of like an insult when he says that, you know, because like the J Mixes, the um, the Bomb First, the Tupac Form Channel, and many more. It was like even one called the Machiavelli Channel. But the one who's really doing his thing now, he's over a hundred thousand subscribers. I'm gonna shout him out. It's Art of Dialogues. Art of Dialogue is doing the thing. He just did an interview with Danny Boy, and it was. Uh, it was it was dope. You know what I'm saying. I, I don't. He did an interview with Kurt Cobain, and and then Kurt Cobain he's done interviews before off of J mix as well. But you know, art of dialogue. He's art of dialogue on YouTube, and he's art of dialogue on IG. a Really dope platform. Follow him on both. I'm gonna shout him out. Um, And then, like I said, the Tupac. I mean, the 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 YouTube's used to be popping, and then a lot of drama went down when the movie with LT Hutton came out. It was so much drama with that. If you don't believe me, go look at all that. It's all on YouTube. I'm not getting off into that. That's a mess. But that's when stuff just got oversaturated and just too much. I just was like, whatever, you know? So make a long story short, I never really did it. So that this episode means a lot to me, straight up. So um, before I get off into it, um, I talked about the YouTube world. I um, A lot of people are only Pac fans because they know that, that hit them up Pac, that death row Pac. And I'm a fan of that too, but I'm an all the way fan. Like I'm not bullshitting. (laughs) Like I remember when the movie came out, me and my cousin, uh, we dressed, we dressed in our Tupac shirts, don't call us corny. And we went to the movies. We was geeked up that night. You know, I had my little thug passion, had my little Hennessy and red Alize mixed together. But, yeah, for sure. So, we had all that, and I was disappointed in the movie. I know um, a lot of politics went into that. Uh, so, you know, they kept a lot of stuff out, but that movie could have been much, much better. But I didn't make it, so I don't want to criticize too much. But I wasn't a fan of that. They left a lot out, a lot that shouldn't have been left out, in my opinion. And I'm, you know, I'm a real fan, so, you know, I'm just speaking my opinion. But, um, like I said, a lot of people, they just are fans of Pac from Def Row Pop. They love that, that, that thug Pac, that, that I don't give a, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, his life was cut really short and he really wanted to do a lot of good out. So before we go any further, I just wanted to play this clip. Um, this was a phone call that he um, was on and it was recorded. Um, it was with my monster Cody, and everybody pretty much know who Monster Cody is. He's an OG from California, um, real OG, real respected. And um, I think he said that his wife accidentally recorded it. I don't know if it was like on the answer machine, and you know, sometimes you would pick up back in the day, and the answering machine would keep recording. But anywho, he put it out and. This was Pacquiao. He was on death row, and he was just telling Monster Cody of things that he wanted to do. And I just thought that this is a side of him that a lot of people don't know. Like, of course, if you coming from like the commentary world and you always on YouTube researching like me, you've heard it plenty of times. But it's a lot of people who haven't heard it. So I just want to play it really quick, and then I'll get back to the show. Just give me one minute, hey, guys. <clears throat>
1: Let me tell you the idea. Right. It's like where, like, we start, like, this huge league, like, right. like, football, mm, basketball, football, I mean basketball, football, softball, for girls and boys. I'm yeah. going to get all the rappers to adopt the team. Right. Each rapper has his own team. Coolio has have his team. Trash has his team. I have my team. And we play. And the rappers are the ones that put the money up. We get the feel. We right. play. Right. We have, like, the church to come out and sell food. That's real. We have the fathers and the uh, uncles and all the men in the community. They do security. Right. Like they respect back for the kids and everything. Yes. then we had an F-O-I come out we had a deacons on the jersey through security and we just played football baseball you know get that community spirit going again it. then on the weekends we have block parties all right yeah. every rapper got to get up every rapper nigga you got to wreck it out you got to get up for us you got to come to a free show for the hood that's real and it's like a little tour we, and do we, that. we get all the communities back together now I'm talking that I'm talking about this some other motherfuckers with some power and then when we do that Man, well, we don't have it. We got the juice, we just ain't doing nothing with it. It's because they collectivize. Right. Right. What? Do you see the cats in Chicago? I think they gave us GDs. Yeah. Yeah. They, put, they put people in the street. I know, know they'd
0: that be looking crazy. out for me when I come out there. And they'd be running, they didn't run the people on the ticket like for council. I know they got the, this dude with his name. Uh, some nigga niggas did that out there, but he lost. He, he so I just wanted to play that clip. uh, it's a 20 minute interview. I mean, not an interview, <laughs> a 20 minute phone call. It's on YouTube. If you Google it and if you know who monster Cody is, you should know, then you'll understand why that phone call was so important. And he, he's a, he's a real OG, real respected. he just passed away. Rest his soul. Just died last week, I believe. Um, but, yeah, he was um, really looking forward to, like, helping Pac out and mentoring. And his time was cut short because that call came right after he was out of prison. So before we go any further, I just want to talk about, like I said, that was Defro Pac. So he was still in there. You know, some people be like, he changed off of when he did. Um, you hear these rumors a lot, like, uh after he did juice, he played the role of Bishop. He got too crazy. He thought he was Bishop for real. I beg to differ. You know, that's, that's bullshit. I think life just hit him. Like life hits us all. I remember times I might've been a certain way. And then after something hits you and you get hit hard, it turns you a little colder, you know, and you know, they preach all that mental health and all that stuff now, which I believe a lot of it is a hustle. A lot of people just use it when they do uh, fucked up shit, and want to just be like, okay, um, it, I have mental illness, I have anxiety. You know, some people they use it too much, but mental health is real. So, imagine what people felt back then when you can talk about that. So, I don't think that was the case that he played the role of bishop and fell into it, but that's what a lot of people say. I'm entitled to my own opinion. Um, I just want to talk about the beginning of his life, even before he was born. You know, Miss, uh, I want to give uh, props to, you know, the beautiful queen, Phoenix Shakur, strong woman. You know, she was eight months out of her pregnancy. She was in, in jail. She was a part of the Black Panthers, but she was a part of the 21 Panthers. That was their little circle called. And also, they were awaiting trial. Facing many, many years. And this woman, uh pregnant, had never been to law school, was not an attorney. Uh she went and represented for herself and the 21 Panthers, and they won. And you know, not only that, um, I was watching a lot of interviews, and she was saying on like when Tupac would get in trouble when he was younger, instead of like just getting the belt. Bill- You know, whooping them, his lesson will be to sit and read and, you know, read these big textbooks about history or whatever. And that goes to show you about how intellectual and smart he was. Even if you look at, and I don't want to skip too far ahead, but even if you look at how with the outlaws, Outlaws. Them was them was his young, his young dudes. They started off as the drama titles. They became the outlaws. They were first thing they were called the young thugs at first when they was rolling around with thug life. But look at how he named all of them. They were all after leaders, you know, leaders of other countries who, you know, America would consider them a certain way. So that just shows you just on how he did that. And you go and look, and you look at his. Godfather and stepfather and, and mentors, you know, Geronimo Pratt was like his godfather. Um, Matula Shakur was his father, you know, and, and Matula Shakur is still in prison to this day, and it's just ridiculous, you know. Uh, just you know, look at the lineage where he came from and was raised from, and how powerful that was. Like, our um was listening to another interview. Like I said, I've done a lot of research on Pac that people don't know about. You know, like a lot of a lot of people just love the death row Pac, they love it, hit him up Pac and walking out of court spitting on people. And that was cool too, but you know, it was so much more to him. He the way he talked, the way how he carried himself, his manionism mannerisms, and he was still young. Like Tupac died at twenty five, September twenty 20- Nineteen ninety-five. He's twenty-five years old. Mind you, his birthday is in June, so he had just turned twenty-five years old. And when you go back and you listen to interviews of him, the way he talked, the way he spoke, and how real he was, you know, you don't you don't get that that like you get it today, you know. Um, and even though he went through his tribulations with his mother, people don't. <clears throat> The, the Black Panthers, that was like our last strong movement from that 60s, 70s era that we had, you know, the civil rights in the 70s area. When you come from that lineage and then your mother was a part of the Panther 21 and she never, she she, she got, a, they were acquitted because she fought, you know, she she never went to law school, you know. And they had a lot of people who were um, informants, you know, really undercover police officers, undercover FBI agents who were hiding in the Panthers. And just to get off topic for one moment, that's why I can't wait to get into the Snowfall series and talk about that because, like I said, um, as much as I'm a fan of these shows, it means more than what people think. And they kind of go hand-in-hand together. Even though they're totally two different writers, totally different shows, the history of it all goes together. Um, when you look at Snowfall, and I'm just making an example. Uh, I'm going to move it along. If you don't watch Snowfall, I know what I'm talking about. But for instance, if you look at Teddy and then you look at Alton Franklin's daddy, and on how season four just ended and everybody was so pissed off and out and everybody was rooting for Teddy. And then when you think it in hindsight, you know, it was a real fucking Teddy in in, in the real world coming to, you know I'm saying? Like Snowfall is loosely based off of Freeway Ricky Ross story, but it's very loosely based. Freeway Ricky Ross, he, he was working with the CIA, but the he was he was working with Blandon, who was a CIA asset. So it wasn't really Teddy like he was actually knowing what he was doing, knowing he was bringing the crack over here or the cocaine for that. So but it was a Teddy, you know, it, it really was. And the Black Panthers, they we should be rooting for out. Because what Allen did, you know, we looking at the hindsight, they bringing all that poison over here to our communities and look what it did do to our community. So when you look at what the Black Panthers stand for, and then they got dogged out so much and got set up to make it look like they were just these horrible people. A lot of them got another lineage of Pox, a Assata Shakur. You know what come on a Google Asada Shakur. And these is people that he came from, you know, from his lineage, his family circle of his background, of what he was raised in. So it showed you why he was what he was. You know, the, ignore all of the the mess. Because he was 25. And I remember listening to Quincy Jones one time, and he was like, If Malcolm X would have died at 25, he would have just been Malcolm Little. He hadn't had a chance to grow yet. I believe he probably would have got it together, no more, got it together some more. And I'll get to the point of why I think he was lashing out and doing what he had to do at the time. You know, it was unfortunate that we lost him you know and how the whole war went down and how we lost you know two of the greats him and big you know it was unfortunate uh but i kind of got like way off topic i'm sorry uh but my point was it was a real teddy and the black panthers seen what they were doing because that movement they were fighting for our health care, just so much they were fighting for. So that's the lineage he came from, you know, like real talk. If you go and you watch his interviews when he was in high school, it's very professional, very, not, I didn't mean to say professional, very intellectual, you know, the way he talked and everything. So then he went out to Oakland. <clears throat> Went to the Bay Area and he got that Bay Area game after Baltimore because, you know, his mother, you know, she she after, you know, your husband get all those years in prison, you got the reputation of you're a Black Panther. You know, you can't just go out there and just get a job and just, you know, you got to watch your back on all type of different things, to be honest. So, you know, she she kind of, you know, fell into the trap. But she picked herself up, and that's the most important thing. One thing I don't do is I do not ridicule uh, crack addicts because we didn't bring that shit to our community like that. And um, that's why I'm so passionate about Snowfall because I'm more like, get yeah, the show, cool. I love the show. But at the same time, I love the history of it. You know what I'm saying? I love to talk about the real deal of it because, like, when we get into our Snowfall series and recap that, I also want to recap the crack documentary as well. So, but she, the biggest part is Miss Lafini picked herself up and she made a whole nother legacy to her life. So that was my point of that. Uh, Pac was saying, you know, even our Jada Pinkin was saying, like, she might have, uh, everybody, just, they hear that he went to the school of the Art of Institute and just think he was just, you know, and, and it's nothing wrong with that if you're not. We got We have to stop always saying, you know, Oh, he didn't, he, 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 he wasn't about that life. He wasn't about that. Like that shit corny when you think about it, because before, you know, we had all this stuff out here, we had a real community. And then I, that's why the Panthers was the last of that. And then after eighties and the crack came out, it was just a wrap for our communities. Like it slowly, slowly go down year by year, and then they gentrify our neighborhoods out. But that's another story. But yeah, he did not have a lot. He might have had like one pair of shoes throughout the school year, two pair of pants. He did not have nothing. So just to skip ahead of that, he was very poor. You know, they didn't have anything. And so he got to the to the to the to, to the west side. And that's why uh, Paco always claimed the West Coast so much. Not so much of the East Coast, West Coast Warla, people like to think, but that's where he always said where he got the game from. <laughs> it's from the Bay Area where you know, all them players was at, out there. And uh, I'm in the Midwest right now myself. I'm moving to the South, but the Midwest, love the, the Midwest love the Bay Area. Like love the Bay Area. E40 is always down here and everything. Uh, so yeah, then, you know, he, uh, got and hooked up with that one lady. I cannot think her name. She used to roll with digital underground. Him. And when stuff wasn't working out, they said Pac was ready to give up and just go and start a new chapter of the Panthers. And then, you know, Shock G put him on uh, his first song, same song. And then that's when we got the rapper Tupac Shakur. John Singleton said that he told Pac, you know, you are a great actor. You need to just give up uh, rapping because you're not good at rapping. Just focus on actor. He said, he's like, F you. Like, that sound like Pac, right? But after that, then we got, you know, look at, And when you go back to like the 90s, who else was doing it, like rapping and acting at the same time? The only person I could think about, and I could be completely wrong, but the only person I could think about is um, Ice Cube and Queen Latifah. I don't even know if LL was really doing his thing yet. I can't remember, so don't judge me if I could be one year off. The only thing I remember his first thing, I know he got into the movies later on, but the first thing I can remember is... Uh, in the house, he could have done some movies before that, but, you know, Cube and, um, Pop, they was really just doing their thing, especially in the John Singleton movies. But, you know, at first we got Bishop and I think that's when, uh, him and Stretch became really close. Um, and Stretch was a big deal in Pop's life as well. And then we got, and, uh, when he played Bishop, man, that character was so cold, so heartless. Uh my favorite scene is when he's standing at that locker room. Um, and then oh Omar Epps Q. He like, man, you crazy, right? You uh, know, I'm not even gonna try to imitate it, but when he did that, oh my God, like his his character was just so cold and ruthless. And he played that part um then he made poetic justice and i love poetic what girl don't love poetic justice right you got janet jackson who was like just the flyers back in the day and then you got pop and when they arguing in the back of that that mail truck that sounded like a real couple like and y'all know y'all call it y'all call it toxic these days but come on I'm from the 90s that's how them arguments used to go down and you felt every b-word they called each other they you felt that shit and yeah like just that whole movie it was like that was the thing about the 90s even like with Friday it could just be based off one day but it was a good movie because it was so realistic like you look at a story plot and you're like it's just one day we rolling in a mail truck from you know LA to Oakland but It was just so realistic, you know, and then he went on to make Above the Realm and I loved him in the butter realm. Oh my god. Fun fact about me. I remember I was like in elementary school when that came out and when he was sitting there yelling and cussing when they kept losing the game. I think I was in elementary and I was like just yelling cuz we was like doing a softball game. Just crazy, right? Like Tupac was so important. I remember we would be in elementary and we would be arguing over who was the who who was even East Coast or West Coast. So yeah, it was just everything uh i couldn't stand him when he killed flip though when he killed bernie Mac, i was mad uh and then at the end you know and uh a butter Ram soundtrack is one of the greatest hip-hop soundtracks of all time i don't give a damn free suge knight by the way i am not a suge knight hater i hate always hated the theory about suge knight was behind Pac's death that is absolute lie. but i don't want to skip too far ahead but yeah actually uh <clears throat> Suge was over that album, and uh, Tupac said he blessed him with that. Like, he overpaid him for, like, I think he did two or three songs. And he was, like, he overpaid him, and then two of the songs he didn't even use for the soundtrack. So they had established, like, a relationship from there. And then remember Tupac played the Sniper in the end of the video, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube. Uh, natural born killers. When you go look at the end of the video, um, sorry guys. Um, Yeah. When you go look at the end of the video, uh, he's the sniper getting ready to uh, shoot ice cube. So yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I loved it a butterell. He played his ass off in there Then he went off to do Bullet and that was a good one. And then we got Gridlock and Gang Related and unfortunately he you know was gone by the time those came out so he didn't get to you know live off that success. Um they said he was supposed to go on and star in Independence Day. He was supposed to do Will Smith's part and John Singleton said that he wrote baby boy for him. He was supposed to play Jody. And if you look at baby boy, when Jody is in his room, you see the big mural of Pac in the background. And also when he was in going through the trial, uh, he was supposed to be in higher learning. And uh him and John Singleton, I think they had, you know, some he kind of got played about that. Uh and he was supposed to be in higher learning. Can you imagine that if he's in higher learning? Higher learning was the shit. Um, oh my God, if he was in higher learning, that would have made it even better. He was also supposed to be Sharif in, uh, he, he was hired for that role, Sharif in Minister to society. And we all know what happened with him and the Hughes brothers. They got into a fight. They sued him. They all went to court. I think he got 30 days in jail. So that Pac was always there. They always talk about that bishop, but that that Pac was always in He, you know, he had a couple sides to him, but I, we, I, in actuality, we, we all. I think I got about five personalities in me, and I'm not lying. <laughs> you know, um, and one thing that irritates me is when they compare this man. And they call him this and this and this. Um, this was before all of this happened. Um, he was. In Atlanta, riding around, and he saw two white guys beating up on this young black guy. And this is, for, for all the bullshit they talk about and all how they try to talk about how bad of a guy he was, one thing that they never mentioned about him is he's in Atlanta, young 23-year-old guy, might have been 22, I could have the year off, and you see two white guys beating up on a black dude. You don't know the black dude, never seen the black dude, but what you do you get out and he shot both of those cops in the ass. They didn't die. Come to find out they were undercover police officers and they were dirty cops. They had dirty guns on them. So after the trial, you know, he got off because it was, you know, they were dirty cops and all that stuff. But what rapper, you know, now is just going to see two white guys beating up on a black dude. Only thing they're going to do is grab their phone and get the record. You know, we'll shoot each other before, you know, I'm not even going to go there, but it's just like, you want to, you want to, that's gangster. You know what I'm saying? You want to say somebody gangster because they want to live in the street light, like, selling poison and shit to the community. What's gangster is when you see a, some other men knocking down your brother and you get out there to defend them. That shit gangster. You know, all the other stuff that's corny. And Pac admitted that he tried to get out there and sell crack and you know, he was too soft for it. And when I say soft, that's not a diss. He was saying like, you know, he um seen a, a pregnant woman and almost cried. He was like, I can't, I'm not finna sell this pregnant lady. You know, he didn't have a heart for it, but that's a good person if you ask me. You know, and when you mature, you can see the manhood in it. You know, of course he fell victim to a lot and, you know, got to acting wild, but who wouldn't in the circumstance? And I'll get to that. Um, but yeah, like that's a tr- real deal thing. It happened in Atlanta. Go look it up. Uh, two white guys. They was di- dirty FBI. I mean, not FBI, dirty undercover cops had a whole bunch of stolen guns on them and everything. Um, and they were beating up on a young black dude. And when he got out, he shot him. The black dude run, ran. He also got beat up real bad by the police. Um, in Cali- Richmond, California, I believe, uh, they were jaywalking and they pulled him over and was like, they asked him for his name. And when he kept saying Tupac Shakur, uh, they thought he was lying. So they beat him up. They beat the hell out of him. His picture's online. Uh, his face was blacked up and everything. So, yeah. When you say, to me, he's the GOAT. It is what it is and i just want to play one of my favorite songs this is one of my all time favorite songs by pop this is one of my all time favorite songs let me play it real quick and i'm going to move right along give me one moment i gotta pull it up i hope you guys are enjoying the show I could talk about Paco all day and I've been so stressed out just talking about this kind of ease my 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 pain I'm telling you I've been stressed out today it's just been one of those days I couldn't help but notice
1: your pain my pain it runs deep share it with me. I'm getting high with my profile Cocked on these suckers, time to die Even as a youngster Causing buckets on the back of the bus I was a fool all through high school Kicking up dust But now I'm labeled as a troublemaker Who can you blame? Smoking weed up and take away the pain. So I'm hopeless Rolling down the freeway Swerving, don't worry I'm about to crash upon the curb Cause my business is Maybe if they try to understand me What should I do? I had to feed my fucking family What else could I do? I'll be a thug i am slay with the homie Fuck, hanging with the ponies in the club, i my mind no danger. Never been a stranger to homicide. My city's full of gang painless and drive-by. Why do we die at an early age? He will show you, we're still a victim of the 12 gauge My memories of a corpse, my full of sick thoughts, and I ain't going back to court. So, fuck what you thought? I'm drinking in the sea, running from my enemies. Will I let him be 23? It's so much pain. <laughs>
0: All right, guys, that's one of my favorite, when I say one of my favorite songs by Pac, that's my that's my all-time favorite. I said mine now, right? And I do want to play, I'm only going to play like uh, three seconds of them, though. Um, five seconds, maybe, each song. I want to play my favorite top 20 songs, and this is going to be, it's not in um, uh, chronological order, but what it is, is it's off of every album. So I went from album one to album, to the last album that he he made. Um, Fun fact, Machiavelli is one of his best albums ever. And do you know he wanted to give that away as a mixtape for free? He wanted to give that away as a mixtape for free. Yeah. And that's one of the best albums ever. And the way I look at it is like, with the albums, I look at it was like, that was the Pac you got at that time. When you got his first album with Brenda's got a baby and soldier story on there. You know, that's who he was at that time. He was a young, very young man when he came out with Tupacalypse now. And that's when he was trying to figure it out. And he still had that rebel political spirit inside of him. Then when you got to, you know, keep your head up, it was still the, the rebel, that revolutionary guy, but that thug life in him as well. then when you got that thug life album, to me, just looking at all the interviews and the research, it seemed like that's when he was like his happiest. You know, he was stepping out on his own. He had the movies popping. And uh, I hear a lot of insults and they always say how he died broke. That's Like I said, I'm not going to get off into the beef shit on mine because this is a tribute to him. But just to speak on income i don't think people realize how much pop got sued it was lawsuit after lawsuit after lawsuit you know just to name a few i know some this one young guy did something and he blamed it on tupac lyrics he got sued for that he got he just got sued left to right to left to right to right to left you know he was always in court and uh that's one reason probably but he had a heart The way how he looked at the outlaws was like his sons. They were young teenagers. And Qaddafi was like Qaddafi was his little brother. And Qaddafi uh had brought Muta around. And I love Mutah. Like I I follow him on Instagram. I follow his interviews. I love his spirit. He's all the way together now. He's a Muslim. Uh, I want to say he lives in Saudi Arabia. I could be wrong, but I, I think that's where he's at. He travels a lot. He even have like a little coffee business now, but he's doing his thing. And uh, he, Qaddafi brought Pac to him. He was like 13, 14. He might've been 12. And he told Pac like how his parents were murdered. And, you know, it was a very tragic, sad story. And he said, oh, Pac just got the crying and, you know, took him under his wing. So, you know, when people talk, you know, I, I just don't want to hear it. You know, when they just talk about his it, nonsense. Uh, of course, he wasn't perfect. No man on Earth is perfect. But, you know, give respect where respect is doing. We got to quit always putting our our legends down. I hate that. You know, I'm never going to sit up there and just dog Whitney out. Yeah, Whitney is a legend. And they'll 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 always want to talk about she said crack is whack, you know, like, no, that woman is a legend. That's why I'm doing a tribute to Michael Jackson, because he is a legend. Like, let's start uplifting our people who paved the way from the past. You know, like this generation is so freaking disrespectful. And I don't want to keep you too long. Um, This actually is just a one-minute clip of an interview I want to play. Uh, And this is Tupac at a... uh, He was at a luncheon. And this is that revolutionary Pac. This is around when he was preaching thug life, when he was... And I just want to play one little clip. They told me to watch
1: my language. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was cool because I got a chance to speak to young black males all over the country about this new idea called Thug life, which is a new kind of black power. And when I say Thug life, I mean that shit, because these white folks, see us as Thugs, I don't care what y'all think. I don't care if you think you a lawyer, if you a man, if you an African-American, if you whatever the fuck you think you are. We dump some niggas to these motherfuckers, you know? And until we lose some shit, I'ma call it for like it is. How you gonna be a man if we start ahead. You know? And if, if you look by five different houses, ain't a man in either one of them motherfuckers. How you know? we gonna be a man? How we gonna be African-Americans? Man? We out here dying. We done, and we niggas until we set this shit right. Trust me when I tell you that shit. Young black males out there identify with Thuglock, but I couldn't handle it. I could handle it, but not right
0: away. That was just a small clip, and that was at a luncheon, and that was in 1993. Um, The funny part is, I'm going to wrap it up. I don't want to keep you guys too long. The funny part is, it's just like, it was like a domino effect. You know how one thing can happen, and it just turns out bad from here on out. From, you know, when he was filming Death Row, that's when he met uh, Haitian Jack. You know, he was, it's a lot of talk about that. Um, and if you ever want to hear Haitian Jack's side of the story, my, actually one of my mentors, um, somebody I look up to. Uh, My mentor, he actually was the only person who ever interviewed Haitian Jack at that time. No, he has the first interview. He went over to Haiti and interviewed him. And as Jamil from Gully TV, go follow him on Instagram and on uh, YouTube, Gully TV. And you'll see Haitian Jack interview and um, you'll get his side of the story. You know that he, he deserves his side as well. But, you know, when he got the rolling with Haitian Jack, that's a story within a story. Um, Haitian Jack was a a man who people, look. you know, he was the man in New York. That's all I'm going to say. He was the man. And that's all out there, you know. But Pac made the world know him off against all odds. He basically tells you detail by detail. And I like to know everything. I, I even bought Dexter Isaac's book, who claimed that he was the one who hit him up in um Quad Studios in 1994. So like I said, I, 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 I'm big on true crime as it is, but I be wanting to know. When I tell you I like to do research, I like to do research. So yeah, Dexter Isaac, he wrote that book. But I want to move along because I don't want to keep you guys so long. But it was like the domino effect. You know, him and Jack and all them there, all at Nails Club. That's when he. That's where he originally met the girl at, who said he raped her, and um, that's where he met her at. She did what she did on a dance floor. A few days later, at the hotel. She um, said that she was raped. So, Pop denied to the day he died that he did not rape her, and uh, <clears throat> not gonna get off into that. Uh, this people, you can't really say nothing no more with all this me too stuff. You just can't, you know, you just can't never just say what you want to say sometime without offending people. So I just leave that alone. But, uh, he said he was innocent to the day he died. And when you think about it, that's where he went to prison at. And then when he went to prison, he had to get out of prison. And the only one who was there for him, cause a lot of people turned their back on shit, on, on Pac. They don't tell people that all they talk about is should this, this should do that. And a lot of people turned their back on, on, on Pop and Should got him out. So that's why I said it was like the kind of like the domino effect. It was that, you know, that the charge, and you go to prison and you get on death row and everything is just crazy. Fun fact, uh, if you don't know, when when, when Snoop went on stage and talking about some y'all ain't got love for Dre and you know all that shit. Uh, when they was when they was coming out, they had a, 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 a like a picture when they was all in those cages. If you go back and look at the nineteen, the nineteen uh, ninety five Source Awards, they had Pac like in the cell, and that was kind of like a sign right there, like he was coming to death row. But that's um, yeah. Really, really deep, and I don't want to get off into that. Uh, I just want to celebrate this man. Uh, I want to play one more clip, and then I want to play my favorite songs by him. But Suge, and I think I think Pac was the little brother, the ride or die that Suge never had, and Suge was the big brother and kind of of a father figure that Pac never had. And them two personalities together, they was out of control, don't get me wrong, but, you know, eventually, I, I, I believe they would they have grew. And they actually did a lot in that short time, you know, like, they don't talk about how they used to have the Mother's Day lunches or the picnics where they would get the whole um, neighborhood food. And how they wanted to put stuff together, but like single mother, they don't talk about that. They only talk about the wild puck. Everybody love the puck with him sticking his head up, putting his finger out, you know, middle finger up in the air. They don't talk about the good. So that's why I said, I'm not going to get off into the beef. I'm not going to get off into the charges or anything like that. I just kind of want to celebrate why he was my favorite artist. Um, he was 23 when he did this interview and What artists do you ever hear just talk like this, this intellect? This is all
1: I want to say. For all the people that doubt me, I had no record all my life. Okay? No record. No police record until I made a record. As my video was debuting on MTV, I was behind bars getting beat up by the police department. I got a $10 million lawsuit. They, they said they were settling with me and everything. You know what I'm saying? But nobody cared about that. That wasn't blew up all in the news. They didn't see me. They did not see me on TV with my eye busted, my head busted. There's pictures of those. In Oakland, you don't, Yes, in Oakland. You don't see them pictures. You see pictures of Tupac coming out of jail and cuffs. You don't see pictures of the police standing over me beating my brains in. You don't see that. Mm-hmm. But I see that. That's what I see. You know what I'm saying? So it's all real. And, and I, I feel like just like a woman that's raped, any woman that's raped will never, ever allow herself to be raped again. Am I correct? Any woman that's violated will never allow herself to be violated again. Same thing. You know there gonna be people who sit here and say, how can you say that when you're faced with that charge? That's in how I years. can say it. We got people in my own community that will get me. Why? Because I got it. Now this girl, who I can't say her name, but if I was to say her name, a thousand all over the world,
0: so I'm not going to play too much of that interview, uh, but I just want to just play a little bit of his his words, you know. Um, one more, and then we're going to move right along, and I want to drop my top 20 favorite pop songs. So
1: for him to tell me to calm down, I was like. Oh, and
0: this is pop talking about Mike Tyson. I understood the
1: lack of support, because I'm the only show that ever put rappers on. But we don't see it like that. We, oh. It's the way they get us like crabs in a bucket. You see one black man coming up having his own show. And we want to be on your show. We want to be on your show when we first come out. Think, you know how young yeah. I, I want to be when I first come out. Yeah. But of course you can. not So I go I'm with my family. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? But it's time for me to really see what this business is about. You know, how you have your ups and downs and your valleys and your mountains. And you got to just dig deep with all that. And i feel feeling that. I got you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm glad you and Mike are talking, man. Can you talk anything to them about that? Well, um, Tyson had been calling me from from the before I was in trouble. He was calling me just to say, you know, I wish I was out while you was out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's, it's like, I heard, I, you, I heard you party, man. I want to be out there partying with you. He giving me a lot of advice. You know, I really look, look up to him something horrible. You know what I'm saying? So for him to tell me to calm down, I was like, ooh, it's time to calm down. And Mike Tyson is telling me that he heard about me from jail, yeah. calm down. I'm like, calm down. You know what I'm yeah. It's like when, when you get like drunks coming to you, going, "Look, man, take it easy." <laughs> <laughs> <It's> like, <"Man." laughs>
0: yeah, that was him talking about Mike Tyson. <laughs> he was just amazing to me, um, and you know his legacy. It it could have even went. It's big now, but you know, uh, after he was shot down, Suge went to prison, and Defro kind of fell under. The outlaws were kind of blackballed. They were, they weren't kind of. They were blackballed. Uh, Qaddafi lost his life two months after Pac, and I was his little brother. Um, and like I said, just from like being like a really big fan, and always looking out, I said. I believe it seemed like Pac was his happiest at around his thug lifetime before all this stuff happened with you know the the, the incident in New York and when he was with Mo Mopreem, Big Psych, God when he, when the when the when the when the outlaws were the drama at the time and before I play my my favorite songs, so one thing I want to say is, they always talk about how pissed off he was and how vengeful he was when he got out. But if you're in prison for something that you say you did not do, and you're in prison where you were shot at, you feel like everybody against you because he was shot in he was shot in New York at Quad Studios and. He was locked up in the clinic correctional facility. And uh on the radio, you got funk flex and all them talking to the cash stuff about how you can't rap, you you know, just spreading Wendy Williams, spreading all type of rumors about him. So when you get out, I think you'd be a little pissed off too, right? But now I'm like I said, I'm not gonna get off into all the beef and the street politics. Um, I'm not going to get off into that. Um, but if you want to hear other sides of everything, definitely uh, follow Gully TV. That's one of my mentors. He has a lot of the street stuff. And then if you want just deep interviews, dope interviews, I ain't going to get off into all that stuff. Art of dialogue. J mixed for the old raw ones. Like, uh, when Pac was hiding, when he was going through all that stuff, when he, you know, left the hospital way before he should have, they say he was hiding out of, like, Jasmine Guy house. Like, Jasmine Guy was a really good friend to him. Uh, but, yeah, I'm going to shout out those people because they they dope. So, I just want to play my top 20 Pac songs. And, like I said, I wish I could have sat down. Like, I did all this off of freestyle. So, I didn't have, like, a how I wanted to go from start to finish, like, from 93, 92, you know, 91, like I wanted to go in order, but was, I'm telling you guys, stuff is just crazy for me with this move. And with me coming on here, talking to you guys and talking about one of my favorite all-time artists, I've calmed down. My headache didn't left. <laughs> you know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to lift back up when I go look in this room, see how much more stuff I got to pack up. But I am going to play my favorite songs off of Tupacalypse now, and I got two of them. Um, I'm going to do two songs from my dad. I'm only going to play short versions of it. And this shit is so fire. It. It's Soldier Story. Two pocket Look's not, not Album. I don't want to play too much of it. Damn. Like I said, it's not in order. But I'm going from album to album, just picking my favorite songs. But... Brenda's got a baby What rapper you know Just telling a story like that A little 12 year old girl Getting molested by her cousin She has baby biting Insects Then ended up killing her baby in a trash can And They say Pac would just get emotional like that You know he was reading that story In the newspaper and This 12 year old She's a prostitute Put her baby in the trash can And he made that song And he gave us this one of my favorite songs, and this is one of my favorite albums. That 1994, this album is so underrated. Along with it, more of me, rest in peace, Nate Dog. This, this, this album. It's so underrated. Very meaty. Hey, and when I was saying, go listen to some good interviews. The girl who's singing this hook. In the background, she wanted the background singers, Natasha Walker. Listen to what she gotta say.
1: I'm
0: just playing my favorite. Yeah. Playing my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> This man. shit don't stop off Thug Life. I'm telling you, I love his... Ho- if I could pick every Thug Life song, I'm telling you, I liked this whole album. It was a straight fire. Can't
1: I would share the definition of balling with you white folks. Yeah. I'm
0: going to play a few of my favorite songs off of me against the world. Like I said, it was like with Pac, his albums, you could tell what he was going through. Like When he played Tupacalypse Now, you could tell he was going through that Tupacalypse Now moment. You know what I'm saying? When he made uh keep your head up you knew he was there when he was going through the thug life he was there (laughs) The me against the world you could feel that pain that's when he was going through the trial like he was in locked up when they shot the video you know but um dear mama one of his best songs ever and you know you hear a lot of people talk about their mama, and make songs about their mama, but it was just so fucking emotion in that. You know, you can make a strong man cry. You can put pop music on, you can feel better, you know. And it's still timeless to today. All this stuff going on now. I was just listening to one of his uh, one of his um interviews. There's speeches, because this is when he was at that luncheon too. And he was like, when are we going to get tired of all this marching? And we're still marching. It's 2021, you know. Uh, and he like, you know, we have anniversary for marches of marches. And, you know, it's true. But I'm going to try to hurry it up. I've had you all here long enough. Um, this is my other favorite. Against the World album was a whole vibe, though. I can't play it all. Uh Like I said, I'm trying to hurry up. I've been Everybody's had you out here long enough. The city,
1: the top, the top me, bullets, I wonder if I ever got a ghetto. They want to be, Shorty's gonna be a dub. Said he's gonna be, but day's gonna
0: be. Said he's gonna be, Shorty's gonna be a dub. Said he's gonna be, but day's gonna be. Said he's gonna be. Yeah, I know this face singing on this hook, right? Another you
1: need. and you can it out Give it up free your money on the corner. But be bad, play the game, get mad you want the Still looking for You run the streets I you. I think I can fuck with a motherfucker until like you. you get through. See, I don't like a motherfucker I'll that's, that's all over all up under you me. You can run the streets with show loves. I'll be she waiting me.
0: for you. One of my favorite songs off of Machiavelli album. And the whole album is a bop from 1 to 10, you know. But I love this song right here.
1: Hold your head.
0: So that was just like a few of my favorite songs, which I love every song. I just picked some of my like favorite ones that I love to listen to, especially Thug, Passion. Like I said, I, I'm just a pop fan i I'll just put the album on and just go you know I'll put it from track one just play on through don't don't skip just play so I don't have a specific like oh but like I said pain with him and stretch that's one of my favorite pop songs off, off rip you know but yeah um I do hope you guys enjoyed this episode like I said I got so much going on I wanted to talk much more but uh I do have to get off here and finish packing and everything. So on that note, I'm gonna leave you guys with one of my favorite tributes. And this is a dedication to Mr. Tupac Shakur. It's one of the dopest ones I've heard. I like the Cricut Eye one as well, but I don't know why. Uh I really like this one. This is by let me pull it up really fast. Don't forget, I will be on in the morning. We'll do a cruise summer episode, and then we're going to take a break just so I can get moved and situated, and then after that, we will get some moving on to with the programs. We're going to get on to the snowfalls, the narcos, and the powers. Um, I want to thank you all for your support. I do hope you enjoyed this episode. Don't forget, you can follow me on all my social medias, Alicia Shanice. Um, I put the same picture profile, so it is easy to find me um, on all of them. Just trying to pull it up, you guys. I'm sorry. Oh, and it was one more thing I wanted to play. Then I'm going to play the maino song. <laughs> Don't judge me, y'all. I, I know I'm all over the place today. Like I said, I wanted this episode to be so special, but I wanted it out on Pac's birthday. So I had to just do what I had to do and freestyle
1: it. All right, still hanging out at the after party. And uh, with me uh, from uh, Death Row, introduce yourself, Lament. I don't sit at and Tupac Shakur. All right. Now, here's the deal. Um, first of all, can you tell us uh, what you actually thought about the actual rap category in terms of I mean, I saw Coolio win, and I was like, sorry. Yeah, it's it- like this. For us, anything awards, we not not think about that. He got an album out yeah. there. He sold six million records. He sold three million singles. He got another album coming out, Machiavelli. He still got an album coming out. We just move forward. We don't even get caught up in that type of shit. All right, man. Can we talk about uh, Death Or East? Um, what is exactly happening? Um, and what can we expect from it? You Believe in God. Sure, believe in Death Row East <laughs> Believe in that, for real <laughs> boy, that's it, I'm a with But if you it. believe in God, believe in Death Row East We plan to take the same strategy we use with Death Row West Which is mind over matter Taking all our weaknesses and making it into our strengths We, keep, we know that, we got strength and numbers We already run the streets out here So now we just gonna help some of these brothers get their money on Because we know they got talent We got the ways to make them use their talent to the maximum effect And that's what this is about Everybody rap, we don't rap we rap to make money we do business ain't no other record company out there that sold as many records as we did we outsold bad boy la every black record label out there we outsold them in one year and i'm a convict and my homeboy just got off a murder case so that tell you that it's pure talent no hype we don't got no all-american smiles they don't even want to buy our record but they got to buy our record because we represent the street so death row east is going to be a personification what we did on the west side, we're going to do it to the east side. We're going to prove once and for all that all these people talking about an east coast, west coast war, they like the Judas was to Jesus. They only here to cause confusion. We here to bring money and to bring change. They here to cause confusion. All these weak rappers, Nas, all these suckers, they battling off of east and west like this is a game. This ain't no game. If this was chess, we'd be yelling checkmate three years ago because we've been beat these. It's not a game. We out here trying to help our people make money. We're trying to get out of this three-strike circle they got us in and start getting our papers on. So that's what we're doing. By strength numbers, we're coming to the East Coast to prove there is no fear, there is no problem, there ain't nothing but opportunity. And the opportunity is...
0: Oh, and you guys know what? I, I was shouting out all them YouTube channels. I need my butt kicked. One of the main people who used to have the dopest Pac stories on their YouTube channel, Carcino. I can't believe I didn't say his name. Carcino. Yeah, Casino for life. He been around for a long time. And he got big off of his uh, Tupac um, uh, videos. But yeah, he, I cannot believe I forgot about that. Like I said, I freestyled it. I didn't get to write a lot of stuff down. But yeah. And on that note. I'm gonna get on out of here, but I'm gonna take it on out playing this song, and this is one of my favorite tributes to pop, and it's by Mano. Yeah, you can't
1: do one without the other, man. Ain't no better to pop. I never met you, but from one real nigga to another real nigga. Yeah, can't do one without the other. See how we gonna do this? They both Uh. legends. Yeah, listen, look, dead pop. If you can hear me speak, I really gotta know. Yeah, Heaven for Jesus, though we never met, I'm feeling like I know you. You man through your music, I relate to your struggle. See, I was in a cell, cut off from the world, feeling how you felt. Just me against the world, spitting to the camera. Yeah, that's what I would do in a world.